Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Go Behind the Lens. Today I have with me a gentleman by the name of Trayvon Barber, which I know a little bit about because I saw him shooting back in South Carolina, North Carolina, probably a couple of years ago, or it might have been even as early as 19. I don't know. But Trey, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Man, I am doing wonderful. Thanks for taking the time. You're out there walking some stages today. And I saw you walking up the hill and I said, I ain't talked to Trey in a while. Let's see what's going on there. So <laughs> I appreciate it. When's the first time you started shooting? Uh, when I turned 21. Okay. So that was 29, eight years ago. Eight years ago. So right when you first turned 21, is that yep. when you, so you went and bought your own pistol yourself? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so when you grew up, there wasn't guns in the household? Not a single gun. And I fired a 22 and a couple BB guns, but up until 21, I never fired a pistol, shotgun, rifle. Really? Yep. Was it because it, growing up, it wasn't part of the you know, not, mom and dad didn't care about it. Uh, dad liked guns. Mom did not. Okay. Uh, grandfather was a veteran, so oh, he wow. he was in Vietnam and did some stuff that he didn't care for. Right. So he despises guns now because he's really yeah. His big thing is he saw what he could do with them and saw what happened to his buddies. So right. He was like no guns. So since you've been older, have you been able to talk to him a little bit about that when you got older? Yeah. So he's actually helped me come out to the range and. One time I was stuck, he helped pull me out and he's helped me cut down trees, but okay. he will not shoot. He's not going to have a conversation about, granddad, you want to come shoot? It's a no. Right. He can't stand it. But I guess I understand some of that because back in the day, I've heard stories where it just wasn't the same yeah. it, it back it, as it was as now in some current war situations we're in or might yeah. have been in. So good for it. But they didn't, he, he didn't think bad about it. Did he, did he, did he think bad about it or did he, did he try to talk you out of it or, you know, was it just, what was it? What did that? conversation looked like when you told him you were going to go shooting uh well i shoot on my mother's side of the family's land okay i i had to approach my grandmother and grandfather about it oh they are still the ones paying taxes on it. it's in their name yeah so when i first approached them it was nah and we don't even like you having guns so they are still in the mindset of older black couple uh if they had a gun during their time it was criminalized or you know they grew up in rough times in american history so right Guns in, in their hands, they still have that that sort of viewpoint of you can't have that. You're a thug or criminal in the eyes of other people. And right. they, they just don't see the positive in having firearms. Okay. Did that conversation ever evolve? Uh, it's evolved a little bit now that they've seen uh, how many people I get to train each year. They've seen the, my business grow as far as training other people. Mm -hmm. um, concealed weapon permits are huge in our area. So we we probably crank out 500 concealed weapon permits a year. And what area is that? Rock Hill, South Carolina. Okay. So kind of on the border of Charlotte, North Carolina. And they still live in that same area? Grandparents still live in the same area with the property and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So turn it into a business. Mm -hmm. That was a that was where it opened the conversation back up or just being yeah, a little bit. Okay. Did you do competitive shooting first or training first? Uh, competitive shooting was first. Okay. So I was shooting with a, I think my first gun was like one of the Taurus G2s or something. Yeah. And then started looking in YouTube and kind of talking to other people that own firearms. I was like, yeah, get rid of that. Get something right. a little better for what you want to do. And I picked up a Glock 19. That was the first gun I actually competed with okay. at uh, Spartanburg. 
Okay. And I uh, got decent with that and figured out I could try to help other people. Wow. Let me back up real quick. Mom and dad, mm-hmm. where were they? Now, your dad, how was, how was dad on about the guns? So dad's always been a fan of guns, but okay. he didn't want the argument with mom, basically. Okay. So he always talked about this, this twin pair of guns he used to have, and he got rid of them. He's got... He believed he had anger issues and couldn't control himself, so he got rid of the guns. Okay. Mom just didn't want to see the guns anyway, so never had them in the house. So that was a self-awareness that he had. Yes. That's a, a strong yeah. to be able to say that about somebody to have that self-awareness. Yeah. That's very cool. Has that conversation evolved with the parents? Yeah. So I was able to kind of, since I'm the oldest son and I was shooting a lot and teaching people, it kind of got my mom over the hump a little bit. So my dad now has a couple firearms. Rifle, a couple pistols. Uh, right. I bought him a couple shotguns. So. Right. Have they taken some of your um, classes that we'll talk about here in a second? My dad has. Um, okay. And my mom actually surprised me maybe a month ago. She's like, hey, I really like to find time in your schedule. It's like, okay, for what? She's like, I want to come shoot. Really? Okay, mom, we're going to do it. Exactly. And, and why did she feel that way? Is it because the world is changing? Yes. And the world well, ain't changing. It has changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is she seeing the self-defense side being in the Charlotte area? Because my mom lives outside of Charlotte. Okay. You know, she nice. moved there about six years ago. Yeah. And um, I've been to Charlotte here a couple of times. And there's every major city has an area you just don't want to be around. Yep. So. Has she seen where self-defense is important? Is that why she's wanting to take class? I really do think so. Uh, The age of social media has made it very prevalent that bad stuff does happen and it happens to anybody. You're not exempt from it, no matter where you live or what you look like and what you believe in. It's Mm -hmm. evil's evil and doesn't care who it's going to put itself on. So I think she's she's a mother of five and I'm the only boy. She's got young girls. Um, And then just, you know, the past few years in America haven't been very pretty for everybody correct um and so i think she's doing her best to try to feel protected and protect her her little ones but also herself um and i just really think that's that's the main thing and then i teach so many that i think she's become more comfortable because my sisters have come out and shot with me my father my cousins my uncles Mm -hmm. so she's kind of been the only one who hasn't so far wow Congratulations. I appreciate that. It. That's a wonderful accomplishment. Making, making moves. <laughs> well, it's you're making moves, but you're also, I think that's a way that social media was used in a positive way. Yes. Because we see social media from our side. Yep. It's always trying to bring us down in the mm-hmm. gun community. We, you know, we have problems promoting stuff on social media. We yes. have problems getting the word out in other avenues. Oh, yeah. However, they're letting crime Mm-hmm. And all this other live feeds and everything else where people can actually see what's happening in major cities. Yep. So you're telling me your mom actually in some way or another was exposed to that. Mm-hmm. And that's where she said, I don't want any part of that. We got to defend ourselves. Yeah. I really think the, that's 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 great to me. In a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a backwards way, at least she saw yeah. what's really happening. Necessary. Yeah. I really think the the publicity of the mass shootings. I can, especially the one in Buffalo, New York recently, mm-hmm. where the guy walks into the, the where was it? Shopping. Shopping, shopping center. center. Yes. And uh, I think that was the major one that woke up because everybody goes shopping. Yeah. But when those people that were shot look exactly like you do and they were just going about their business, mm-hmm. it kind of woke her up. It's like, mom, I've been letting you know for years that there are still people that dislike you just because you look the way you look. Right. 
not many, but there are some. And some of those ones that look like that are willing to do what that guy just did. Right. Are you willing to put your hands or your fate in somebody else's and have no say so? Or are you willing to at least have a chance? It's like that conversation kind of hit home. Like, I at least want to have a chance. Wow. That seems like an emotional conversation. It's been a few emotional conversations. So go on. Some people don't don't want to believe that society still has that sprinkled amongst it. But no matter no matter what group you're looking at or talking to, whether they're black, white, Asian, any, there's always some bad people Mm -hmm. in any group. So it's not it's not. It's not stuck into one group or, or set of people. It's right. just bad can be bad everywhere. That's right. Yeah. right. Bad people are just bad people. So yes. that's just part of that. The situation where you were not around guns, and thank you for sharing that story. Of course. Um, the situation where you've been around guns, or wasn't around guns, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden when you turned 21, you said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. What was your motivation? Uh, I'm just a boy. <laughs> and, that, and that's, 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 a, yeah. that's a great answer. Yeah. I'm I just, you know, what, what did that look like? So when you first, mm-hmm. did you have other friends that had guns? Uh, so I grew up in a, I won't, won't say the hood, but I grew up in an area where the hood was right around us. So okay. A lot of my friends who did have guns didn't have them legally. Okay. Uh, so I did see some of the consequences of friends or people who were associates of my friends going to jail or getting shot, people being killed as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm not going to be part of that number. So I do want to defend myself, my family, if possible, but I'm going to do it completely legally. I'm right. not going with these guys. So at 21, I'd already made a decision prior that I was going to learn about shooting, learn about proper fundamentals, and then go find a, a handgun that I could afford as a 21-year-old fresh out of college. Did you do training first or after you got the gun, you did training for yourself? What did that look like? Yeah. Did you use any social media to learn about what you wanted to get into and the the gun side? YouTube, Rob Latham was the first guy I found. Nice. I don't know how, but he was the first person that popped up with fundamentals. Right. And then um, uh, he just passed away not too long ago. One of the greats. Oh, man. When I when his name comes, I'll find it. But okay, yeah, YouTube was my main source of information because I looked up classes. I think Ben Stager was already doing classes. Yep. JJ was doing some, but I saw the price point at that time. There's no way I could afford it. Right. Um, so YouTube was my main academy, and then my concealed weapon permit was the first, I guess, class that I really went and took. And you, this all happened in the in the state of North Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah. What's the What's the requirements to get? A weapon there. Do they have to go through eight hour training like it is in North Carolina or what's it? How's it? What's it look like in South Carolina? Yep. Uh, at then at that point, there was a requirement of eight hours. Okay. But now it's been changed to no true time requirement, but it still takes around four. Okay. Um, but then it was an eight hour requirement, a 50 round test um, drawn from the holster, learning about the state laws, what you can and cannot do as it as it pertains to self-defense, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you did this, that was at a gun range, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. How did you get exposed to, you know, the, the competitive shooting side? Was that, you know, what did that look like from that, that angle? Yeah. Cause that's a big step just going from, yep. Hey, I own a gun <laughs> to going into shooting sports. Yeah. So I grew up as a wrestler. I wrestled from the time I was five into college, my sophomore year. Then I got injured and couldn't per- participate. Really? Yeah. That's been my baby. So wrestling, that's, that's the competitive side of it. Yeah. I've been a competitor since 
five. Yeah. Really? Competing year round, pretty much wrestling around the country. Um, so that competitive nature was still there, but I knew I couldn't compete in wrestling anymore just from injury. And I was tired of wrestling at that, at that point. Yeah. That's like the real wrestling. That's yeah. Not- <laughs> real wrestling. <laughs> but, real it, wrestling. It, but it takes a lot to do that because that's, that's yeah. a mental game more than a lot of people know. Oh yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a technique. Yeah. Game. It's brute force, but who's the brute with the better technique and who has the strongest will to literally overpower another person or man of your size? Win some high school awards? Oh, yeah. I was a six-time state champion in freestyle and two-time state champion in Greco. And then uh, third twice in high school, I took to freestyle better than folk style. And then, like, that mental side also didn't kick in until, like, junior year. I had had some monsters in my weight class through high school, but college i did well i think it was like 20 and 2 and then did you have a scholarship yeah full ride uh for those two years that i was there right so it was fun and the injury how'd that happen i was actually teaching the upcoming group of guys that were coming in it's called riding legs if you ever watched like ufc somebody throws in hooks or whatever yep. i watch i watch i watch yeah. i'm a okay. huge okay. fan <laughs> of my ultimate body that's where i was going into next good so. good <laughs> well somebody basically threw hooks and i was showing my crew how i decided to get out of it well the guy he basically turned his hips over before i was ready okay so he turned my i'm belly down so he turns my left hip over to the right and i'm trying to glue myself to the mat before I was ready. So it basically just twists my entire torso over. Oh, and so now I've got some permanently damaged nerves in the bottom left of my back. Wow. So hearing from a specialist Mm -hmm. that you're not going to be able to wrestle again, what was that like? Uh, So it wasn't really a, Hey, you can't wrestle anymore, but every time I sprawl or if I twist, if I try to throw, it's like somebody took a hot knife, stuck it in my back and ran it up my back. Oh, wow. So that alone says you probably can't wrestle like you want. Have you ever experienced that in movement of shooting? I have not. There hasn't been any dynamic enough, like crazy twists or turns. Well, that's good, but stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's something always around the corner. (laughs) I've I've worked it out a little bit with stretching and lifting and some chiropractic stuff helps, but. Not so you, did you do any other sports after that or is that pretty much the no that's all i did wow yeah football i tried it but i went to south point which we didn't know at the time but uh south point in rock hill south carolina was called football usa once Jadevion Clowney got drafted he right was number one player in the nation for i don't know three or four years yeah we knew we were good we didn't know we were best in the nation good so football was huge so my little butt on a football field against Jadevion Clowney, uh, Devontae <laughs> Holloman, who else is uh, Gilmore. Like all of these guys went to the NFL. Wow. Off of our one team, we probably had 10 guys go to the NFL. Wow. So, so you, knew, you knew those guys, but you knew you saw what it, the, the, there's, you see athletes. Yes. And where you see people in sports, mm-hmm. then you see an athlete. Yeah. There's always a little twitch about them. It's just something different that says, yeah. this guy's got it. Yeah, you can always tell that. So that's pretty cool because um, Marlon Humphrey, who mm-hmm. plays for the Ravens, yeah, I've known his dad forever. We've been great nice. friends, and I used to replace his cell phones when he's breaking them every okay. other week. <laughs> and we're still good friends to this day. When he got drafted, he played Alabama. When he mm-hmm. got drafted to the Ravens, we've I've been following his career. So, nice. and I, I always saw something in him because you know Bobby Humphrey has you know five kids. Oh wow! And it's one of those things you you could always just see something different about Marlon. So gotcha. I understand when you when you see that, but you know, yeah. it's a whole other. That's a whole nother level. Yeah. I love that. So do you walk ever, around our school, it looked like we had 
literal Greek gods walking by. Jadevian was six. I don't know what his stats are, but like six five. <laughs> He's a big boy. Massive. Yeah. Hey, he gave Alabama a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> Gilmore, Holloman. We had, yeah, just huge dudes. All right. A lot of dudes walk around that are massive. Do you ever stay in touch with them? Uh, Jadevian Clowney is actually a cousin. Is he really? Yeah, he's actually a cousin. So he, we grew up basically on the same street kind of extension, basically. So okay. Went to school with him, played Pee Wee and Grey Wild with him. All right. Come home every so often, make, go to the same church, which is across the street from my mom's house. So right. I see him decently. Have you had time to train him? Train him? No, no. It's I think okay. he, I don't know where he lives now. Okay. I didn't know if he'd come back home during the off season. Sometimes you get time to let them know what you're doing now and get them behind oh, a gun or anything. Not so. much. No, I leave the guys alone. They get enough people pulling on them to do stuff. So. Yeah, I know. But I know Marlon, when he's on the off season, he's got hunting property in Alabama and he, oh, nice. he loves shooting and hunting. Yeah. So he came out to um, Triple Forks and shot his yeah. first deer last oh, year nice. on the last day of the season. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he, he couldn't find one on his property. I said, come on. Nice. <laughs> so we got one on the last day. But um, so it's always good to, you know, if do, do you, you think it'd be a situation where you will be able to cross them at some point and be able to go, you know, hey, let me get you behind and tell you about the firearm safety and stuff like that because that's important yeah. for the pros to know as well oh yeah yeah i think it is a possibility i see his sister all the time she still lives in rock hill and his right. parents I believe his parents still are in rock hill i saw his father uh, i know he moved his mom and his grandparents somewhere else so mm-hmm. i see them every so often if i see him you know i'll stop and be like hey man come train sometime do a lot of your friends know that you train oh, yeah. locally around there yeah everybody's aware that i'm the gun guy and you mentioned church mm-hmm. do you actually help protect the church in situations or is that a, some some churches have gone where they have protection yeah. and some haven't i was just curious if you not the that. church i used to attend no. okay uh i did have my grandfather called me and gave his phone to his buddy saying that he was about to be on a security team so he was asking me about training and coming out to shoot but i haven't seen him come yet but. okay yeah. So the, the opportunity is out there in so many different oh, ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's take a quick break and list mm-hmm. one of our sponsors real quick. And we'll get into your sp- shooting sports and Sounds all the good. other stuff that you're doing. Because you've got a lot of things <laughs> that you're doing around the shooting sports. And it's very exciting. So let's Sounds take a quick good. break. And we'll be right back with you. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kana Gold. Kana Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Kana Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a magical mystery tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When you order from conagoldhemp.com, make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. All right. So you went at 21 years old. You bought a gun, first one, Taurus, that you saw. Yep. And then you're shooting in a gun range and you're getting set up. You got your permit. Everything's done, good to go. Then who entered your life to tell you about the shooting sports? Nobody. That was that competitive side saying, hmm, I wonder if I can go compete. So I was shooting literally in the woods one day, just bottles and cans. And that's what made me go look up uh, Rob Latham and find good fundamentals. Right. And I was able to start shooting the stuff more consistently with, oh, this is how you grip the gun. Oh, this is how you press the trigger properly. So you're self-taught boss based on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the very beginning, it go was on. a self-taught thing. But with Rob and JJ videos and Stager videos. so Right. I guess I got lucky finding those guys online before 
some other random videos. But I looked up competitions in my area and Spartanburg Practical Shooting Association happened to be 10 minutes away. Okay. And that's what got me in there. So going to your first match, Mm -hmm. tell me, tell me what that was like. Uh, Scary, nervous, exciting. So Eddie Wagner, who runs the Spartanburg Club, I emailed him. He hit me back. and was like, hey, man, why don't you come watch first? Learn about the safety rules. Learn how these guys are moving. Look at some gear, what you might need to bring. I went and watched one. I was like, yeah, this is cool. All right, come back. Uh, whatever Saturday it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Went back and was shooting my first match. It was it was nerve-wracking. Uh, didn't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. And then it was middle of the country or middle of in the country in that area. And it's like, all right, I'm going to show up with a gun. Nobody knows me. I don't know these guys. So hopefully this goes well. And just started playing. Did you – were you – um who were you, were you dating somebody at the time or married at the time? Uh, I believe I was still, yeah, I was dating my current wife. What did she say when you told her what she was getting ready to go do? I don't, I don't think I even really told her. I just kind of <laughs> went and did it. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, I'll be back. Yeah. Well, we weren't living together at the time, so right. it was kind of a, okay. she's still with her parents. I'm living at my apartment in college. And, right. Yeah, just went and did it. So when y'all got closer mm-hmm. and she knew about guns, what was that conversation like that she knew you was around guns? Yeah. She was fine. Good. Because her father had always owned guns. He liked to shoot. So Had she ever been she shooting cool. before? Yeah. She'd been shooting before. With she, her dad? Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Very Rode cool. motorcycles and motorcycles, drives trucks, owns guns, and a preacher. And I was like, okay. Well, that's a lot. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Just wrapped all together. Exactly. So she was, she's always been cool. Right. So when you got into, you shot your first match, mm-hmm. Did you, was it an immediate, like, this is what I want to do now. Yeah. Immediate bit by the bug. Okay. Did you feel that you were under equipped immediately or yes. did you just, yeah, did you really? Yes. <laughs> I saw what everybody else was running. There was a lot of limited was still popular at the time. So a lot right. of limited guns were out there. I was like, man, what's that cool shine thing? And then the open guns always look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even the guys who were running production or running, uh, there's no carry optics at the time. So running production limited and open for the most part. I didn't see anybody running a Taurus and nobody was running a Glock 19. I was like, okay, looks like I've, I need to get a different gun. Right. Did anybody take you under the wing to help you? Yeah. There were a couple guys. Uh, Rod Goforth, he was, he still shoots in yep, the area. He still shoots. And uh, who else was there? Oh, I can't, I can see his face. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there were mainly two guys. Uh, they helped me out a lot. They didn't mind me coming and practicing with them. Awesome. When you when you realized how much money you're getting ready to invest in this hobby, that, yeah. were, you, were you ready for that? Where it was like, uh-oh, what, what did that look like? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I knew ammo, at the time, ammo wasn't expensive yet, but it was right. still a cost. So once I started looking up like belts and holsters and rigs and mags and all the stuff you could do to the gun, I was like, oh, God, I'll figure it out, but. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Did um you ever go when you when you went to your first area match? Mm-hmm. What was that like when you when you went out of the state and did something even bigger? Uh that was fun. I I like I said, competing in wrestling, it was always fun to travel somewhere and compete right. against other people. And I performed well under pressure for the most part. Mm-hmm. Especially then when all I had to focus on was competing and going to work. You made a comment earlier about um, training being expensive and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Did you ever get to a point where you took any training classes? Uh, no, I still haven't. 
So you did everything based on just what people are putting out there on social mm-hmm. media. And throwing a whole lot of rounds once I got to Rock Hill. Okay. And just had my family's land. I think over the course of, I uh, came into carry optics as B class and it took me six months to hit master. Oh, wow. But in that period of time, I think I threw 20,000 rounds in like a six month period. Wow. Just burning ammo just to figure it out. You still in carry optics today? Still in carry optics. Still master? Still master. <laughs> <laughs> There's training classes out there. I know. There are training classes. <laughs> You're doing training classes yourself, mm-hmm. but there's some train the trainer kind of yes, stuff, I think, yes, out yes. there as well. So you might want to, yeah. it, it won't take much more, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I, I was at like 93%. So I was I had one more classifier to make GM, and then I got sick and had okay. to have surgery. And then I had a baby. So it's been like two or three years where I really didn't compete. So right. I've been a participant in USPSA for, I don't know, six years. Yes. But actually actually competing and practicing maybe three. So when did you get to a point where you said, I want to start doing trainings? Uh, when I, when I, I want to start helping other people because yeah. there's got to be some backstory to that. I want to, I'd like to know what that mm-hmm. is. Uh, it was probably two years, maybe three years into gun ownership. And then competing regularly, uh, I believe I'd made, I believe I, I'd already made master at the time. Um, so I found that if I can go and put in this amount of effort and work in a six month period to get to this classification, I, w- I really wasn't shooting as a master at the time. I just had the M by my name, mm-hmm. being honest. Um, but it's like, hey, I can dumb all this stuff down to where people don't have to search like I did and burn 20,000 rounds and spend all this time and money. Where if somebody was able to just to break things down in layman's terms and say, do this like this, do that like that, and do it all together, you could simplify the process. But then while doing it, I could also go ahead and certify people to carry legally. Um, and then in my area, there was nobody that I knew of that looked like me serving my community. So I said, well, I'll, I'll take that leap. Let me go figure out what it takes to become a firearms instructor. And then let me try to shadow some people to learn how to teach better. And then hopped into teaching. What obstacles did you have to overcome? Uh, honestly, I don't. And the biggest obstacle was just building a brand, building a name, and then finding places to shoot. Uh, lots of ranges were skeptical of bringing in an instructor with only NRA background and competition background. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you had some who loved it because they knew the amount of work that you put in to be a competitive shooter, um, your safety that you have to take into account, stuff like that. So. Those are the biggest obstacles was finding a place to shoot and then also hosting the classes. Where can I hold all these people? And at the time, I was only having like classes of three to five people. So it wasn't right. that big a deal. But after two years, it kind of blew up. And then now we are having classes of anywhere from 20 to 30. And those fill up consistently. Are you got assistants to help you? Yeah. A guy named Glenn Green is my main go to instructor. He's also a competitive shooter. I think he's a class. Um, and then my buddy, Josh. He's been helping me out. So not a competitive shooter, but very interested, easy to teach and, and good listener. The, uh, the uh, Mainly your clients are mainly minorities? Yeah. Majority. Okay. I'd say 95%. Have you been in a situation where you've got any negative feedback for trying to educate people yes. about farms? Yeah. Tell me, sure. tell me about that. Uh, especially when it comes to... But when people see that, like if I post pictures of classes mm-hmm. and there's all minorities, right? Or if uh, just anything, 
if I speak about the black community, et cetera, it's like, why is it always black community? Or why are you only teaching this? Like, I'm not only teaching anybody. Right. Anybody's free to come. Now I have more people that are not of color, white people, Hispanics, mm-hmm. Asians. But the main thing is that you typically have business and associate with people in your own community. Right. For the most part. That's just how the world kind of works. It is. Um, so living in Rock Hill and in most of my concealed weapon stuff comes from Facebook because it's all kind of community based on Facebook, whereas Instagram's more kind of worldwide, community wide, right. nationwide. So I've had I've had the few people kind of make the negative comments, but as I've grown and then become more popular with everyone, it's like he's not just trying to teach black people. That just happens to be his demographic of people that come to see him. Right. Um, the people that I do train do tell me it's like, hey, I feel comfortable having someone that looks like me. And I assume coming from the same type of community as me teaching me. Uh, it's I appreciate same, that. It's the same way with women. Women yes, like to be taught women. by other women. It's just it's just they feel comfortable and they don't feel yeah. they're being talked down to. Yes. And it's the same thing. And in, in in I'm sure in your community as well, we mm-hmm. can actually understand how to communicate without yeah. talking down and making anybody offended yeah. about that situation. Did um, with all the new gun owners yeah. that has happened since um, 2020 mm-hmm. and everything just going nuts is right. that is that when you're it's just like hold on here we go 2020 was ridiculous yeah um everybody was scared of everybody for whatever your particular reason was if you ask people who i taught in 2020 what was i always saying i was letting them know that hey we don't want to kill anybody else and i can guarantee if you ask these other people that don't look like you they don't want to kill you either mm-hmm. we're all just scared so let's make sure we don't make any brash decisions decisions about somebody else you don't want to be judged let's not judge others right let's all stay strapped and protected from the crazies but remember we're all americans we're all humans we all just want to live our life so don't walk around scared or paranoid walk around prepared right but you know just chill out but 2020 was ridiculous that's when we taught like 600 people for concealed weapon people 600 yeah and i saw the spike as soon as there was a shooting, can't remember what it was, but it was one of the ones where Black Lives Matter hit the street mm-hmm. and there were riots and everything else. I can look at my, my uh, analytics on sales that year and huge spike. Wow. And then it kind of trickled down and then there was something else that happened. I don't know if it's another shooting or riot or whatever it was. Another huge spike right. in sales. And so that year was ridiculous. And then, of course, COVID and everything else. So, yeah, it was quite, it was crazy. Are you able, you're educating people about gun safety. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Congratulations to what you have found in your area to be able to do to help give back. Are you able to educate about the Second Amendment as well? Because that is the difference between yes. having our rights and not having our rights. And yes. that's under attack even more than just owning a gun and people don't know it. Yes. So that one is the tough one. Okay. So I have people on mainly on Facebook that I care to go back and forth with people because I know them typically at least know of them. Mm-hmm. Instagram. I don't know who the heck some of these people are. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like goes to count. So I'm yeah. not going back and forth with you, but Facebook, I know some people who I've taught personally. It's like, I know you own a gun. I know you've taken my class. I've seen you shooting. And they're okay with some of the restrictions and things that they're trying to pass 
uh, in terms of guns. It's like, hey, you know, if you give them, you give a mouse a, a crumb, they want the cookie. It's like you're, you're allowing too many, you're just allowing too much to be pushed on you and not say anything mm-hmm. just because you're a gun owner. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I want, I want to go down this, yeah. I want to go down this path because this is it's, important. It's a sticky situation. And yeah. I was, because once they get the cookie, then they want the butter. Everything. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop. They, <laughs> they want everything. They won't stop. It won't stop. And I mean, even the verbiage that they use in some of these things, like semi-automatic firearms, it's like, hey, you know, every single gun you <laughs> ever purchased, unless you've got some crazy license, is semi-automatic. Right. Like, what about my pistol? Yeah, that too. No, they just want the scary ones. Well, the pink one to me is scary. So what are we talking about here? But So you've got an email database mm-hmm. of all these clients. Yes. What does that look like? Are you trying to reach them that way to try to educate? Because I don't know what that looks like. I mean, because yeah. I understand that people are raised a certain way. Mm-hmm. People have always okay. done things a certain way based on family. And it's hard to get things changed. Yes. It's hard to get things over that hump. You know, yes. and, it, you know, and, and that's, are you seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in certain areas? Not at all. Gosh, oh my. not at all. Like, I'll go back to my grandfather and like he's, he's, Earned his right to have his opinion. 100%. Like Vietnam vet Mm -hmm. retired from the military. But like when I have, have the conversation is why, why does anybody need an AR 15? Granddad, we're both here upset. If you were fixing my car, it's like granddad, we're both upset about the shooting that just happened. What sort of firearm did that boy use? It's like, he was a dang assault rifle. We're not going to go into the verbiage there, but oh, we need to. But I understand what you're saying. Oh, it drives me nuts. It uh, drives me insane. But grandfather, I'm not getting popped in the head for arguing with granddad. Yeah, no, no. But it's I was like, yeah, he used a rifle, granddad. What do I do? He's like, you teach people to shoot. He's like, with what? Mostly handguns. Like, right. I am outgunned, even with my level of skill and amount that I train, against even a mediocre shooter with a rifle. He's like, right. So just take them all away. Granddad, <laughs> every every law that's enacted when it comes to guns only affects the people that want to follow the laws. When he went to that area with the rifle in the first place, that was illegal. Mm-hmm. When he pointed the gun at somebody, that's illegal. When he shot somebody, that's illegal. Murder is illegal. It's like all the things he's already done are breaking the law. He does not care about not being able to get that firearm. It's like, well, if he can't get them, there's no way to not get these guns right it's just there's no way so having that sort of conversation even with other people my age younger it's like how do y'all not see what's happening if you decide to take these firearms away or limit them heavily for the legally owned owners or legally legal abiding owners mm-hmm. like you're just you're putting yourself into the same situation you're undergunned or you can't even get a gun we're all going to look like new york and california where the process to get one takes you 18 months or something ridiculous. And by that time, who knows? Hmm. So it's, it's that sort of argument back and forth. And I've, I've lost the energy just to continue trying. So it's like, that's a scary place to be. Mm -hmm. So there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Not that I can see. Hmm. There's gotta be a way. And it's, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't want you to lose the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the passion. I know you're not going to, but yeah. you, you, you've already, you sound defeated. Yeah. And then also like I live in a pretty small city, yeah. but seeing our youth 
that look like me continuously pick up guns and kill each other. I mean, I think in the past six months, just in our little town, there's been like seven kids shoot each other. The other night, we live in a nice community. And the other night, we heard a literal gunfight. I woke up at like midnight. I was going down the hallway to get my kid because I didn't, I couldn't tell where it was. So I was going to put the baby on the floor. Luckily, it stopped. But I can guarantee you it was two teenagers shooting at each other. Wow. So it's I understand the the elders of the community saying, just get rid of the guns. Just get rid of them Mm -hmm. because our kids are killing one another. But you get rid of them. They're still going to find them. Have you studied where some of these issues come from in the home? Uh, So all of this stuff really stems from poverty, uh, economic inequality. Um, just not having the same means or the same ability to get involved in other stuff. Like if you, and in a one parent household, no matter the community, you, you just hit my buzzword. I was getting ready to ask you about yeah, one, one parent, parent households or there's gotta be a know, mother and a father. Yeah. In my opinion, there has to, to be, get in there and have a balance. Yes. Cause if mom or dad, whoever still who stuck around has to, they have to go work to provide for you. Mm-hmm. So at some point you might be by yourself. Maybe you don't have a granny that can watch you or you do, but you just, you just do what you want and they can't control you. I've seen that time and time again. So it's just, that's just kind of part of a system. Like any, any, any community in America, whether it's black, white, Asian, et cetera, that has, poverty, inequality, et cetera. Right. There's not, there's not means for these kids to do something else. They just find bad stuff to get into. They get right. easily influenced because you have the dude who has the nice car and he's got the girls and he's flashing the money. He's got on a nice clothes. Maybe he has the nice house. Well, how'd you get that? Mm-hmm. He's doing it in a negative way. That's actually harming his community. But to a kid or a teenager, it's like, I don't care. I, I want what that guy has. I've never had that. My family's never had that. Right. So is the city mayor and the council trying to do anything or are they just kind of just getting by like all these other cities that are just getting worse? Not that I'm aware of. No, our city is big on communities. The the dads and the uncles and the grandfathers mm-hmm. is football, really, in sports that keep right. the majority of kids in check or have something to do. But other than that, if a kid isn't interested in sports or right. They're not good enough to be on the teams because, like I said, we are a pretty athletic city. If you're not good enough to play on the field or wrestle on the mat or play on the court, probably going to find something else to do. And it's not going to be positive. Right. Wow. Well, let's get back into some positive. Yes. Thank you again for sharing. (laughs) Thank you again for sharing that because it's important that people need to find a way to find the passion not to Mm -hmm. quit. Yeah. Not not to be like, I'm tired of you know, having the conversation because uh, I, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's like to run mm-hmm. into a brick wall over and over again. I can't in the sales world. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. You just, you mm-hmm. got to find out why they're saying no, they just mm-hmm. don't have enough information, but yeah. being able to educate the amount of people you have over the past two years is astonishing because that's got to be, have a trickle down effect. It has at some point. Yeah. It has, it has. to. That's I've so seen cool. it online with tons of women and even men reaching out elders in the community that run churches, et cetera. Like, Hey man, I want you to come train the whole church mm-hmm. certify the entire church to have concealed weapon permits. We've done that at least two or three times over the past two, two or three years. Wonderful. Are you able to network through that church with other churches in the area to do that as well? I or, should. I okay. should do a lot better. 
Okay. Uh, but I haven't. Well, you're doing training classes every week. Yeah. It seems like so you can only do so much. I get yeah. it. But so, but there's a lot there. But that's. Have you had anybody who's taken your course that you're able to bring back in and help to bring that wants to do teaching as well? Or are they pretty much just in and out just to get that permit? Uh, most of them are going to be in and out one time students, but we are doing better, especially me with sending emails to all these people that I've caught before and saying, Hey, you took a permit class, but you're not proficient yet. Do you f- truly feel safe enough to carry a gun every day? And then if you need to, in the absolute worst circumstance, make a shot, you truly feel that you'll be able to do that. And then be aware that majority of the time in public, you're probably going to be around other innocent people. Mm-hmm. So if that bullet misses or goes through or whatever, you're responsible for it. So that's kind of how we're trying to push additional education, whether you come to us or not. Just right. go practice, go find additional uh, information. But uh, as far as other trainers, um, we've had some and I'm very I'm very picky with who be. I will train to be a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I have partnered up with a group of guys that I met two or three years ago and formed up a group called phase two. Um, so it's instructors, training instructors. Our most recent one was down in Texas and we had 18 other instructors all there learning to better their skills, but also how to pass information uh, more efficiently. So kind of a train to trainer event. Yes. Train wow. to trainer event. We have another one in October and that one's almost full. It's going to be at my range in Rock Hill. It's called phase two. This is something phase you came two. up you came up with with a group of guys, four others, right? Yep. So it's a business partnership, or is this was it was it yeah, kind okay. of business partnership? Uh, three out of four of us out of the five all have our own training company, so we all do it individually, but then kind of partner together and said, "Hey, let's might as well do it together." Was there ever any um, concerns about this? Somebody maybe taking my clients or anything, or is it anything like that, or has it all been like everybody's been pretty open and no problems? Yeah, everybody's been pretty open he's a good group of guys and we're all pretty straightforward like we're all pretty blunt and, well that's good i see yeah. some trainers that just stay off to their self and i see mm-hmm. trainers that work with other trainers and yeah. some that don't that's why i was asking that question oh I, yeah you know have you got into the rifle side of it or is it still just pistol i have been practicing myself with rifle but mm-hmm. i want to become very very proficient before i pass along information mm-hmm. um so that is something that i am teaching other instructors too it's like hey if you have a basic level of skill or even yeah, if you have a basic level of skill, you shouldn't be teaching. Have you ever moved to PCC or three Excuse or me. three gun? I've shot uh, two gun nationals a couple of years ago. That was nice. really fun. Nice. Didn't do hot, but it was fun. Right. So just to do it. Um, rifles, I do shoot it like AR rifles. I do shoot right relatively often, just because these guys they shoot a lot of rifle. Um, my biggest thing was rifle. I don't find it as challenging as shooting pistol. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I like the the challenge of shooting pistol. So, but rifles cool too. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's wonderful. The way that social media has gone, mm-hmm. I will say a very open to me over the past year mm-hmm. with lots of people that have social media channels out there that are promoting, you know, guns and promoting shooting and promoting yep. some safety and everything else. Is that been an avenue that has been helpful to what you're doing or is it kind of made it a little bit odd based on some of the people that aren't maybe just out there trying to get the views and not trying to educate? Gotcha. Um, am I still good? Go up a little bit. There you go. Good. Yep. Um, so social media, especially Instagram side, has blown up for me. I went from like 6,000 followers to 22,000 in a couple months. A couple videos kind of went out there. And I was part of a, uh instructor event called ISI. It was ran by a lady named Tig. She runs My Sister's Keeper Defense in Atlanta. Okay. She's probably the largest female trainer that I'm aware of in the country. 
Wonderful. So she does tons and tons of business, but awesome girl. So she kind of got me hooked up with these different people. That's how I met these guys for phase two. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I kind of linked up with all these different people and networks, they started sharing my videos all over the place. And I didn't realize it until that happened that there are six or seven African-Americans in the entire country with the classification of master and grandmaster. So that alone opened the eyes of my community to be like, dude, this is probably one of the best shooters in a, of our community. Mm-hmm. And humbly saying, it's like, wow, really? Yeah, okay, I am. And so my biggest thing now has been, I still instruct people in whatever they want to do. Right. But in my classes, I slip in the stage. Do you really? Yeah. So you do class. You do movement. Yep. With brand new shooters. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Finger out the trigger guard and everything. Not brand new shooters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's where I was getting ready to go. My brand new shooting experience was not good with fingering the trigger guard. There's videos out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, with, with my, so actually we will take. Our one-on-one clients, or if we have like a group of three or four, right? Uh, we'll take them, and at the very end of their session, we'll do very basic movement, like with one barrel, or we'll have two barrels and do kind of a snake drill through it. So if they do happen to pop one off, it's still nobody else around. Right. It's in the ground, something like that. And it's like, hey, now we know what the trigger is. Let's not do that again. Yeah, mine went into the burn. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Hey, two weeks ago, man, I went for a reload and popped one myself, and first in five years, so I was like, really, Trey? At a match or just training? At a match. Oh. At a match. Yeah. My first DQ, like I said, in about five years. Wow. I was, like, I was that, embarrassed, but I posted well, it and people related to it. It's like, man, you've got cojones for posting that, but thank you because it, it, hum, it keeps me, keeps our eyes open. Like it still happens. It makes it where, it, well, it's what it did for me. Mm-hmm. It makes it where you think you're comfortable. Yes. And you realize, don't get comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it, that's what it did for yep. me personally. It made me realize I've been shooting, a, you know, since 13. Wow. And not very long, but just, you know, mm-hmm. here and there. But I, and I felt proficient. I felt yep. good, but I've never done the shooting sports. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, it made me realize you need to back up yep. and just go back to your basics. Yeah. And it just changed my whole attitude. I, <laughs> so, made a, I made a funny video recently and put it on Instagram and everybody's loving it. But it's I basically said, hey, if you've if you've been shooting a long time, and you've never shot competition or you just refuse to might be because you know you suck inside and you just don't want to show it. <laughs> That's awesome. How can people find you on Instagram? Uh, Barber Training Solutions. Barber Training Solutions. Yep. Good deal. So you've actually started a business yes. with Barber Training Solutions. Yes. And that's been going on now for how long? Uh, 2019, okay. I think. So that's yeah, well established and going well. Did um, What's next? Uh, Continue to grow. This, this upcoming year, 2020. Three? Oh, dang. Right, 2023. It's here. Yeah. 2023. <laughs> uh, I plan to work I'm already, with My schedule is already starting to fill up for 2023. Yeah. yeah it's I've, here. I've pushed into the first six months already. Yeah. So it's cool. But yeah, main thing is just to keep growing. I've got uh, two other of my main instructors and I've got two other guys who are kind of sitting on the bench waiting for their turn. So mm-hmm. I really want to grow Barber Training Solutions big enough to where I can be teaching with one of my other guys somewhere and y'all two can go teach somewhere else. And the goal is just to pass along good information because watching social media, especially Instagram, you see so much crap. Oh, yes. Crap that can be unsafe. Mm -hmm. Inefficient crap I can kind of deal with. Like, hey, that's a really outdated, it's a really outdated method that you're showing. Yes. But at least it's safe. Right. Um, But really showing safe and more efficient methods and having people kind of catch up to the times. Like, hey man, 
it's really time for you to progress. And if if it's because your skills aren't where they need to be, how about we get your skills to where they need to be so that you can show people the newest and most efficient manner to do this stuff? Because time is is life when it comes to defensive shooting. But really trying to show more people the composition world, a lot more people that look like me. I want them to get involved in the sport as well, because when I first started, I, my first major match was the Tennessee Atomic Blast. OK, and there were three hundred and sixty two shooters. I don't know why I remember that number, but there was one black guy. I was that black guy. Right. Out of three hundred and sixty two. So even starting then, my friends and family were like, you don't feel like scared or unsafe when you go. It's like, it, it's awkward. But unsafe? No. Scared? No. Nervous as hell because I'm about to shoot? Sure. Right. But now in 2022, when I can come to a match and there are so many other races sprinkled in, it's like, dude, this is so cool. And so many more women, too. Yes. It's like, yeah, I think social media has been great in that manner because so many people who were shooting competition didn't have YouTube or Instagram channels and they Mm -hmm. made them and people see competition. It's like, hey, just come try it. Do you think the USPSA as an organization has a responsibility to do a better job of that? Yes. What yes. do you think they could do different if you were if you were running their advertising department or media for a day? Mm-hmm. What would you do different to try to reach different people to get into the shooting sports? Is there anything that you've ever thought about that you would do? That's kind of an on-the-spot question. Yeah. It's a big question. <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't know if there's anything. Yeah. I wish they would do this. I wish they would do that. Has that ever come to your mind on anything? Uh, w- there's a lot of advertisement. I understand it is business of the companies that push USPSA. I right. get that. That's business. You got to do it. But showing more of the shooters and then shooters of every demographic, uh, both sexes, um, and showing it often. Mm-hmm. And then getting in front of these groups, I don't know where or when, but you right. got to get out there and put yourself out there because there's what, 34,000 members or something mm-hmm. and only 7,000 voted. Yep. So that's an issue in and, in and of itself. All, All right. of these members and these are the only people that are, I guess, true participants. All right. That's an issue by itself. But if we want the two way to continue to survive and be as strong as it is, this is a large sport with really dedicated people in the sport. Mm-hmm. You should probably find a way to tap into the, these people, to tap into the people that they know, to drag them in. Right. And you can continue to change the narrative and keep the two-way and gun ownership stronger. I like it. I also heard you make a comment that you would like to see more minorities being highlighted yeah. through the USPSA on, the, on, the, on their social medias as well. Yeah. And that it's not a, not a thing of, hey, we got to have more black people or Asians or on it, there. It's just, it's a number, it's, just, it's just a big demographic right now that we're missing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I can agree with that. It's the largest growing demographic, uh, especially African-American women. Yep. Uh, but men, of course, but just minorities in general bought a ton of guns after 2020. Like I said, it was that fear thing. But fear sales and your business, you should probably be trying to bring in more of these people that are buying up all these guns to mm-hmm. show them more safety, show them efficient methods. Um and just do better, better business too. You bring them all into your sport. You got more money into the sport. You've got more participation yep. and less fear. Yeah. That's something we've done with Hunter's HG Gold, trying to reach more to the trainers that yep. are seeing people that aren't 
seeing the sport, trying to get into mm-hmm. other areas to get them aware of the shooting sports. Yeah. That's one of those things that we're trying to do that. It's not easy because it seems like the shooting sports is always advertising to the shooting sports, <laughs> which is, wow. which is, which yeah. is, which is good, but That's what they're doing, we, we need to advertise in my opinion to outside. But when you have, you got to go with what the advertisers want to advertise as well, because you need to see most of the advertisers are advertising to people that are in the shooting sports. Yes. So it's, it's a, it's a, I see both sides. It goes in a big circle. It's a huge circle that we've got to turn into an oval. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. Needs to get more exposure to general just gun go, owners. Go out there a little bit and just come back and just see what it's yeah. like. <laughs> get more exposure to your general gun owners. Right. People that don't know anything about the sport. Right. Because a lot of people are going to say, whoa, what is that? Have you ever um, reached out to the USPSA to get like magazines extra to have for your training classes and stuff to pass out and stuff like that? I have not. Okay. I, Everybody knows that I participate in the sport that right. comes and takes a class, but I haven't. That might be an opportunity to look in as well. I've done that. Yeah. I've ordered extra magazines before and um, at a very small cost. Yeah. And they'll send them to you, leave them in your, leave them in your local gun stores, leave them with your training cool. and pass out stuff like that that are interested. So yeah. just a little feedback on stuff I've tried to do locally yeah, in Alabama. That. So that may be some feedback. But well, how can somebody get a class with you since you're booked up for the next two years? It sounds like, you know, <laughs> not, not quite, get in, not but quite. I'm sure I'm sure you got people, you know, dropping in and getting out all the time. But how can people reach you to get in, involved with your training class or, or thing, to, to shoot your training class? Yeah, man. Uh, main thing is just Instagram or you can shoot me a, an email info at Barber Training Solutions, Instagram, Barber Training Solutions. Shoot me a DM. I get a ton of them. But so long as I see the DM has a, a viable question, it's not something weird. Mm-hmm. I open it up and I respond pretty much immediately. That's awesome. Customer service is everything when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Is 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 Barber Training Solutions pretty much paying all the bills now or do you do other things as well? I still have a nine to five. I'm a project manager for a construction company so that I actually really enjoy doing it, but wow. it does allow me the freedom and flexibility to still train and teach. Um, I say in the next, I give it two years, I could do this full time and still right. make both incomes. Are you able to bring in people that you work with that know you shoot into the sports as well? Uh, so our company just kind of had a transition to where I'm working with a new team. Mm-hmm. So I kind of very slowly let people know that I'm, I shoot. All right. Um, I get that. Yeah. But living in the South, almost everybody's a gun owner. So they're all like, man, that's cool. That's uh, awesome. But still slowly because it, it shouldn't be, but it can be a touchy topic. And, Have you done any hunting? Uh, not yet. I'm okay. actually going on a hunt with one of my buddies uh, this year. He told me to come out. He's like, dude, you shoot all year long and you've never hunted. It's like, nah, never, never on your own land. Nope. <laughs> so I'm going this year. I'm building a 308 just to go hunt. Are you really? Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm excited. You got another avenue as well. Look me up. I'll definitely, um, you go hunt we got, we got, well, I've got some property. I've got, oh, nice. I don't get time to go, but I take other people uh-huh. and we get the business now that lane runs is yeah. pretty much, you know, we do paper day hunts at triple forks hunting, but nice. I go out there once or twice a year if I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go out there every weekend before I started. I didn't know before the shooting sports even existed. I was mm-hmm. out there Monday through Friday at, you know, at OPL. Then yeah. on the weekend I was managing, 280 acres Sheesh. you know exactly and then all of a sudden i told lane i said this has gotten bigger than i thought <laughs> he, he, he's a manager of horizon i said well it's time for you to take over and work on the weekends more and i got i'm gonna be on the road so yeah. he's taking over that responsibility but awesome. I, I still pay into it every month and it's just me and him that own the property and it's it's expensive i don't get to go as much but i try to get to go at least <laughs> once or twice a year so i'll I, definitely reach out and try to do to it sometime. so especially if you don't get your first your first harvest you know this year let I really me know so. <laughs> i'm I'm 
I'm known for having a place where people get their first harvest. So yeah. Like I'll show you the video off air of yeah. Marlon getting his. So. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's good stuff. But anything else we left off? I've really enjoyed our conversation today. We Same. went down some avenues that I think people need to hear because you need support. Yeah, that, we all. So the book. Well, there's a rain. Yeah. <laughs> it started raining. You need support. You need um, people to give you ideas and to help yourself grow. Mm-hmm. And that, that just calls for more support. So yeah. being able to have people listen to this and yeah. maybe have some more ideas for you not to lose that fire. And that's yeah. what scares me. Cause when I, when I asked you about the light in the tunnel, I mean, you're like, no, I was like, that really made yeah. me nervous as a friend. And I want to help you as well to try to yeah. get that fire back and be able to reach people and not give up. Cause I'd, uh, if we if we stop because we think we're talking to a wall, then yeah. that's what the um, that's what they want us to do <laughs> is get bored and not yeah. do it anymore, yeah. and they and they win, and we're a long way from that in my opinion. But some people yeah. that would disagree and say we're on the verge. But I think we we got a lot of people that are talking, and I think the shooting sports is definitely the avenue to yeah. get more people to normalize the firearm instead of just yes. hunting or for protection. So yeah, good deal. It's a big conversation. I do appreciate all your support you've given me over the years, man. And anytime I shoot you a text, give you a call, like, Hey, you help me out. You've never said no. I appreciate it. And You're very no, well. No hesitation. No, it's, I'm all about the promotion of the shooting sports. When you, when you started reaching all the other people, I was like going, I want to be a part of that. So we appreciate you, Brian. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Well, if there's nothing else, the info at Barber, Training solutions. Training solutions. Yes, sir. And that way you'll, you'll get back with them very quick unless yep. you're shooting a match or doing a training session. Yes. So, But um, if there's nothing else, you know, thank you so much again for yes, you know, sitting down with me today. If you want to, any more questions for, you know, tra- for, for tra- Trayvon, tra- 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, if any more questions, although please don't hesitate to email him or email me at info at huntershdgo.com and I'll make sure to get the questions and comments to him as well. But until next time, thank you so much for watching or listening to Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens and we'll see you at the range soon. Thanks, Trey. Yes, sir. Thank you.